You may be seated if you can. Once again, good morning and happy new year to you and happy birthday to Converge Church. Amen. We'll be celebrating our third anniversary as our hosts mentioned on January 22nd, which will also be uh, Vision Sunday and the culmination of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let me tell you why that's important. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And the miracle that you're sitting in this morning is a direct result, a direct manifestation of some decisions that Pastor Wendy and I made in September of 2019. Up until then, we had been city church. And for several years, we had been portable, meeting in a movie theater for several years. We had prayed, we had fasted, we had sought God, but it just seemed like we were stuck. And in September of 2019, during a season of corporate fasting and prayer, we invited our church to join us. And as a result of that season of fasting and prayer, the Lord gave us three very specific instructions. The first thing he said was separate from Lot. Uh, there's a whole backstory and there's, whole, there's this uh, uh, significance that comes with that instruction. But the Lord gave us clarity about what that meant. And Pastor Wendy and I immediately obeyed. Second thing the Lord showed us was from Jeremiah chapter 18. He said, go down to the potter's house and I'll show you some things. And there, when, when Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, he saw the potter at work at the wheel. And the scripture says that what the potter was creating was marred in the hands of the potter. And the Lord spoke to the potter and said, listen, I'm going to make this vessel again as it pleases me to make. And what the Lord spoke to me and Pastor Wendy was simply the fact that the call was still true. But along the way, there were some decisions and some choices that contaminated what he had called us to do originally. And he said, Ray and Wendy, if you will allow me to take that same lump that you started with, that was contaminated and marred in the hands of the potter. If you let me take that same lump, and if you will allow me to make it a vessel as it pleases me to make, I will do things in and through your church, in and through your lives, that you haven't even conjured up in your imagination or your wildest dreams. The third thing the Lord gave us was a picture. In Luke chapter 18 and 19, where Jesus is walking into Jericho and he ministers to a man who's down and out, Bartimaeus, who's begging for change in a cup. The news of the miracle precedes Jesus into Jericho and he's met by another man who's up and out. Bartimaeus is down and out, he's begging for change in a cup. Bartimaeus is up and out, he's not begging for change in a cup because he was the chief tax collector. I mean, Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector he was up and out and he was begging for change of his heart. And what the Lord showed us was he was calling us as a church to be the convergence of these two worlds. That we would be able to minister with one hand on Bartimaeus down and out and simultaneously minister to Zacchaeus up and out, two men who were desperate for change. And God called us to be the kind of church where Christ and culture would intersect, hence the name Converge. We made that decision in 2019, and on January 1st of 2020, we became Converge Church. Listen to me. 
what we were unable to do in all the years prior. God has done, listen to me, in two and a half years, and for those of you who are visiting, and for those of you who don't know our story, we're sitting in a 26,000 square foot facility, fully furnished, fully equipped, all the chairs, all these instruments, all the stuff you see on the screen when you tore the building, all of it, all of it, paid in full. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that to help you see that you are one instruction. One instruction away from the thing that has eluded you. Listen to me. One illogical instruction. Let me back it up. Obedience. So one illogical instruction that God might give you this year. It might make absolutely no sense to your head, but on the inside, you know you've heard from God. And I said this to our leadership team this morning, quoting Mary, the mother of Jesus, when he performed his very first miracle at the wedding feast of Cana. He told the men to come and fill all the vessels with water. They needed wine. Jesus said, fill the vessels with water. Illogical instruction. Makes absolutely no sense. You know what Mary told those men? Whatsoever he saith to you, do it. I'm going to jump into my message in a moment. But notice those words, whatsoever. That's where most of us get stuck. And most of us never get from water to wine because we wrestle and we try to rationalize with the whatsoever. Yeah. I need wine. Fill the pot with water. Filling the pot with water ain't going to give me wine, Jesus, whatsoever. Second thing is whatsoever he saith. Not what you saying. Because the problem is most of us have our plans and we want God to co-sign. And I have discovered that your plans rarely match God's dream. In 2023, if you're going to experience the notable miracles of God, there's going to be an opportunity and a place where your plans have to become subordinate to his dream. Whatsoever he saith. So when he says to you in the middle of summer, I want you to move from Plano where you've been meeting and I want you to move 17 miles east in the middle of the pandemic, start meeting on Saturday nights in the middle of the summer, you get up and do it. And when we followed and obeyed that illogical instruction, when we showed up on Saturday nights, apart from the people who were serving, there wasn't more than four or five people sitting out here. I'm talking about the frustration you feel when what you expected doesn't match what you're experiencing. Well, hold up now, God. If, if I obey you, I expect the miracle to happen now. And every Saturday night, we showed up 
and there were people serving and about five people in those pews had no idea that the church that previously occupied this building was about to sell it. But we obeyed an illogical instruction to move 17 miles east. In prayer, I wrestled with God. God, that makes no sense. That's a death sentence to send us to a new community 17 miles away from where we used to meet and to start on Saturday nights when everybody's on vacation and people have sports. I had no idea that while we were obeying that illogical instruction that the church that used to be here, they were having conversations about offloading this building. And that's why the scripture says we ought to walk by faith and not by sight. We were walking by faith in simple obedience to an illog illogical instruction. And God was moving and shifting things for us. This year, as we fast and pray, my invitation to you is to lean in wholeheartedly because during this season of prayer and fasting, we believe that God will speak to our hearts and God will speak to your heart clearly. And let me say it again. You could be one illogical instruction away from the breakthrough you've been praying for. And that's what fasting will do. Fasting will declutter your life. It will declutter your mind so that you can hear Thus saith the Lord. Are y'all with me? So over the next several days, and one of the reasons it's important to connect with us on social media is because we'll be sharing those strategic prayer points with you, how you can join us in prayer, and we will be praying for you that God will do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask or imagine. I'm just gonna say this one last thing. For those in the room who might be wrestling with that frustration and even a sense of hopelessness. People who are part of Converge Church, they know the story. That the person God used to pay for this building six years ago didn't have money for tires. And when he came, when he came to us and said, Pastor Ray, I've got my two young kids. I've got this pickup truck and the tires are bald. When I pick them up from school and take them to school, the thing at the forefront of my mind is, man, I don't want any of these tires to blow. Would you help me buy some tires? And in the parking lot, I took his hand and prayed a simple prayer. Proverbs 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow. This same guy would come and serve every single Sunday. He would set up and tear down in the movie theater, bring his two young kids at 7 a.m. And when every other musician was receiving a stipend, not just receiving, but demanding a stipend, this guy refused to take a penny from our church. And he said, Pastor Ray, Pastor Wendy, I know that if I ever have a need, the church will assist. And we wrote him a check, 
And I think we gave him a gift card to Walmart to get some th- stuff for the kids. And I took his hand, prayed a simple prayer, Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow. And when this building went on sale, it was a multi-million dollar transaction. Listen to me, a multi-million dollar transaction that one person who about six years ago who couldn't afford tires for his vehicle had so submitted and surrendered his life to Jesus that God had so multiplied and accelerated his life that he was able to do it for us. It is the power of prayer. It is the power of being rightly aligned with God. And that's my prayer for you. There's so many things in life that we prioritize. This year, I'm inviting you to prioritize prayer. Because in the place of prayer, we will hear sometimes an illogical instruction that will unlock all of heaven's resources on your behalf. Let's pray and we'll dive into the word. Father, we draw near to you now, humbly, and we ask you, God, to speak to our hearts as only you can. Father, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in advance for what you have already begun to do in our lives. And God, what you will do for the remainder of this year. On this first day of 2023, we yield our lives completely to you. And we say, May it be on earth as you have purposed it in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Listen, I'm going to go fast and furious this morning. Uh, I have a few thoughts I want to share with you. And I just want to make uh, this clear to level set expectations. Uh, We devote time every year, typically in October, uh, uh, to pray and to seek the Lord's face intentionally about God's direction for our church. Uh, and, And every year, God gives us very specific direction. Last year, the Lord gave us a word from Luke chapter number five, verses one through 12. And the word the Lord gave us that defined our church in 2022 was simply this, there is more. There is more. And he gave us scripture to support this idea this directive, this vision he was giving our church. And in Luke chapter five, it's the story of Peter having toiled all night and having caught nothing. Jesus gives him an illogical instruction and he says to him, I want you to do again what you did before. Listen to me, expecting a different result this time. For those of you who have been around Converge Church for any amount of time, you've heard me say this. Uh, Einstein is often, uh, this quote is often attributed to Einstein, but we believe that it is the definition of biblical faith. People say that Einstein said that the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over expecting a different result. In Luke chapter 5, because Jesus was in the boat, this time, Jesus instructs Peter to do what he had done all night with no results, this time expecting something to be different because he was in the boat. And when the Lord spoke that word to us, he said, this time, as I give you this illogical instruction to move east, you can expect a different result 
when you let down your net. Begin to seek the Lord about what the word was for this year. And you know how pastors are? We always want a fresh word, a fresh revelation. This year was unique because he didn't tell me nothing new. And it was almost as if the Lord was saying, Ray, you think my instruction to you was supposed to change with a date on a calendar? No, what I said to you in 2022 still applies in 23. And he said, Ray, Converge Church hadn't even scratched the surface of what I want to do in and through and for you. And the Lord began to show me the picture. And my wife and I, we love uh, 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 road trips. And when you set that GPS for your destination, once you get out of the city and you hit that stretch of highway and that GPS tells you, listen, you're going to be right here for the next 350 miles. Y'all laughing like y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Guess what you will not hear? You will not hear a new instruction. And the reason you're not going to hear a new or different instruction for 350 miles is because you're right where you posed to be. And so here I am saying, God, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? And the Lord said, you big dummy, like Fred Sanford. The word of the Lord to our church still is there is more. Hadn't even scratched the surface. Hadn't, listen to me, haven't even scratched the surface of what God desires to do. But the sense that I did have was that this year would be there is more, here it is, 2.0. And I think the Lord gave me clarity about what it would look like and what it will take for us to experience. There is more. 2.0. Uh, in fact, turn to your neighbor and say this to your neighbor. Neighbor! Oh, neighbor! Come on, y'all gotta say it with a little bit of soul now. A little bit of soul, a little bit of soul. Dig deep. Say, neighbor! Oh, neighbor! If it wasn't for you, I'd be the best looking thing in this place today. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In 2023, make it natural and normal to compliment your neighbor. Now, now, now I got to balance this. I got to balance this. I got to balance this because there's a flip side to this. There's a flip side to this, right? You're looking cute. You're looking fine. Uh, but the title, in fact, this is what we're going to do. We're going to turn to, to listener. We're going to turn to your other neighbor. Your second choice, your second choice. Because you turned to that neighbor, that was your first choice. Turn, turn, turn to your other neighbor, second choice. And this, is what I want you, this, is what I want you, this is what I want you to say to him. Say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. You so basic. <laughs> Come on, so I know there's going to be some, fight, some fights in the parking lot after service. Come on. We got security outside. McKinney Police Department is here. 
you're so basic. Now, in pop culture, that is not a compliment. Yet the Lord spoke to my heart and said, the reason that we're going to see even more in 2023 is because we need to go back to the basics. The scripture says in Psalm 11 and verse 3, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the word of the Lord is that some of the struggles and some of the tension we grapple with in our lives is because of the faulty foundation. The cracks in the wall of your life the doors that don't shut, the doors that are hanging sort of offset in our lives are not a problem with the door. They're not a problem with the walls. They're a problem with the foundation. And from time to time in our lives too, the foundation needs to be reset and it needs to be strengthened. Are y'all with me? So today we're gonna to go back to the basics. And let me tell you why that is absolutely necessary. If you know anything about Tiger Woods or even Serena Williams, at the height of both of their careers, the one thing that they had in common was that they hired new coaches to teach them to do fundamental things. Tiger Woods was making tens of millions of dollars as a successful professional golfer. And guess what he did? He subjected himself to someone who would teach him how to swing his club. The problem with some of us is we allow a certain measure of our success in our lives to keep us from going back to the basics. Tiger Woods recognized that if there was a next level for him to achieve, he had to go back to the basics and relearn something he already knew. Y'all not listening to me up in here. I'm talking about Serena Williams hiring a coach to help her. Hmm? I'm talking about a team that dominated the NBA in the 90s. And the characteristic, the, the overarching characteristic of this team was their appreciation for fundamentals. All the basketball people here know exactly which team I'm talking about. Bulls? Well, I guess the latter part of the night, oh, I don't know, maybe it was early 2000s. Early 2000s, the San Antonio Spurs. I got some Spurs fans there. I was about a decade off, but y'all... <laughs> Fundamentals. In fact, Coach Popovich didn't want any flashy superstars. He recruited and built his team around players who were willing 
to do basic things. And they won championships. Compare that to your Los Angeles Lakers that think the way you win championships is by bringing on a bunch of superstars. Yet teams like the Milwaukee Bucks are winning championships because of the fundamentals. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? So this year, when I say, you so basic, don't cuss me out. It's a compliment. Because it means that you have gone back to the fundamentals and it's from that place that God will transform your life. I'm telling you, we see the examples in sports, but we also see those examples in life, and we see those examples in scripture. So here it is. Uh, let's dive into the word. I'm going to go fast and furious, like I said earlier. And so stay with me. Uh, for those of you who follow along, our notes are available on Version. Uh, if you have the Version Bible app, uh, you can open up your app. If you click those three lines, it's called a hamburger menu, and you click events, you'll see Converge Church, and you can follow along in the notes, and the production team may have those instructions on the screen, uh, possibly. But you can follow along in your notes. Um, as soon as I follow, find <laughs> my notes. Oh, Lord. Help pastor. All right. You're so basic is a phrase used to describe someone devoid of the defining characteristics that might make a person interesting, extraordinary, or just simply worth devoting time or attention to. In pop culture, being basic is not a compliment. Conversely, God is calling his people, his church, back to the basics. I shared this verse earlier, it bears repeating. Psalm 11 and verse 3, it says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Simply meaning, there's not a whole lot you can do to change your situation or to alter the trajectory of your life if the foundation is destroyed. If we're going to experience more, we're going to take a cue from Tiger Woods, from Serena Williams, we're going to take a cue from the San Antonio Spurs, and we're going to back to the basics because that's how we become better. Uh, the word basic, the word basic is defined as forming and essential. Notice that word, not optional, but an essential foundation or starting point. You got to get the starting point right. You've got to get the fundamentals right. You've got to get the essential foundation right. Here it is. What does that foundation look like? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says it this way. Y'all ready? We're going to start. We're going to start 2023 with this foundational principle. And it is the wisdom of God. 
Okay. Y'all thought I was going to give y'all seven steps to your breakthrough. I'm about to. Y'all ready for this? Notice what Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 says. It says wisdom is the what? Principle of thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. What Solomon was saying, the wisest man who ever lived, was he was saying there's a whole lot of things that can attract your attention, that can consume your affection. But if anything in your life is going to change, your highest priority, your highest pursuit, the fundamentals of your life must be rooted, grounded, and established in the wisdom of God. Notice, the word wisdom is a Hebrew word that means skill. Hey, skill. Skill. God wants to give us skill to navigate life successfully. Listen to me, sometimes the biggest challenges you and I will face in life is not our effort, it's our approach. Most people work hard instead of working smart. And what God's word is saying to us today is that I will give you wisdom so you can acquire the skill necessary to win in life. That word chakma also means dexterity. Hey, dexterity. Come on, somebody. Being ambidextrous. Having left hand and right hand skill and coordination. Ah, ah. The wisdom of God will give you the ability to be flexible. And this is why that's so important. You've heard me say it here before. Blessed are the flexible because they will bend and not break. Most people are so rigid that whenever God wants to call an audible in their lives, they snap in half. Because they're rigid instead of being pliable. The wisdom of God will give you the ability to be dexterous. Number three, shrewdness. And number four, prudence. Solomon said, if we're going to win in life, and by extension, if we're going to experience God's best in 2023, the principal thing, the foundational thing, is to pursue and acquire the wisdom of God. Now, the word principle, I'm going to go fast. The word principle, if I can find it in my notes, there it is. It's a word that means first, beginning, best, chief, choice part. So you put that definition together. Wisdom, skill, dexterity, shrewdness, and prudence is the first thing. It's the beginning thing. It is the best thing. It is the chief thing and the choice part. In French culinary tradition, if you go to a French uh, cooking school, they have this phrase which is mise en place, which means everything in its place. A lot of times we're trying to build and create but we're trying to build and create out of sequence. 
everything God did at creation in Genesis chapter 1 was sequential. God's end game was to create man so that we would have dominion, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. But guess what he didn't start with? He didn't start with man. He created the systems and he created the environment that would be con conducive to man's existence and dominion in the earth. And sometimes we get frustrated with our lives because we're working, 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 effort, but we have the wrong approach. And we are creating things out of sequence because we haven't chosen wisdom as the principal thing. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? So here's my definition for wisdom. Y'all ready? Wisdom is the ability to make finer distinctions, not just between good and evil, but between good and best. Most of us can say, you know what, I can discern, I can decipher between what's good and what's evil. Sometimes I get stuck between what's good and what's best. The wisdom of God will give you the ability to make finer distinctions, to say, yeah, that's evil, yeah, that's good, but this is best. So here it is. <clears throat> as I prepare to close. I'm gonna say these three things about wisdom quickly to encourage you. The first thing we've discovered about wisdom is that wisdom in Proverbs chapter eight, if you read the entire chapter, Proverbs chapter eight, it talks about wisdom crying out. So the first thing, if we're going to make wisdom the principal thing, we have to acknowledge that wisdom, the wisdom of God, here it is, is available and it is accessible. God doesn't want us to go through life uncertain. And he says, I have made my wisdom available and it is accessible in my word. The problem though is, God's word is that one thing in our house that collects the most dust. And God said, if you and I will simply crack open the pages of this book, you will access my wisdom that has been available all along for every area of your life. Your relationships, your marriage, your finances, your vision, your health, all of it right here in this book. Proverbs chapter 8, it says wisdom cries out in the public square. And people are just walking by. Are you uncertain? Look to God's word. Because here's how God speaks to us. The primary way God, God speaks to us is the scriptures in front of us. Number two, the spirit of God within us. Number three, the saints around us. The wisdom of God is available through his word, by his spirit, and through the multitude of counselors around us. That's the first thing. Wisdom, the wisdom that you need to win in 2023 is available and accessible. Number two, number two, he says in James chapter one, ask for it. 
In James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask for it. And God will give you his wisdom liberally and without reproach. Read it. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He says, my wisdom is available and accessible. And if you ask for it, I will give it to you liberally. Give you all the wisdom and insight and direction that you need. And I will do it without reproach. Without reproach meaning, I ain't going to beat you over the head and be critical of you and shame you because you said, God, I don't know what to do. No, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. When we come to him with our weakness, it activates his grace in our lives. And one of the things that grace will give us is the wisdom of God. It's available. It's accessible. And he says, just ask me for it. And I will give it to you liberally without finding fault. Number three, you got to align your life with it. And that's Proverbs chapter 13 and 20. Uh, a part of the struggle sometimes, brother, what's your name? Sherrod. Sherrod, sometimes the struggle in our lives is who we running with. The scripture said, listen to me. Can we put Proverbs 13, 20 on the screen? There's an old African proverb that says if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, bring others with you. The problem is, in our hearts we want to go far, but we bring the wrong people with us. Let me read it for you. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Listen, there are certain things you're going to have to evaluate and assess in your life. It says, he who walks with wise men will be what? You've got to align your life with the right people. But notice what it says, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Yeah, I want to go far, and God, I'm bringing people with, but Lord, would you help me pick the right ones? The companion of fools will be destroyed. This is what Paul said. He said, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And there is wisdom for some of us this year to reevaluate the people in our circle. Because not everybody in your circle is in your corner. Not everybody around you is for you. <laughs> okay. So, I, 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 did I say I was going to wrap up? Is that my second tender? <laughs> Listen to me. This is the Lord helping us. Don't feel condemned. The Lord says he will give you his wisdom without finding fault. He wants us to acknowledge the fact like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. But you do though. And I'm going to lean in. So you can help me make finer distinctions. Between what is good and what is best for my life. Okay, so here it is. <clears throat> Most of us stop. I'm going to unfilter and unpack wisdom quickly, quickly. Most of us are satisfied just with knowledge. 
Now let me tell you what knowledge is. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts and information. And some of us are good at that. Right? You, you get a college education, you read, you get a whole lot of facts and information. That's good. Knowledge is helpful. But notice what Isaac Asimov said, and I agree with him 100%. He said, the saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. And we have made knowledge, more facts, more information, our pursuit. But knowledge doesn't always equal wisdom. Because there's a whole lot of people, excuse this word, educated fools out there. People with a whole lot of information making horrible decisions. People who have a whole lot of information, but the information and the facts they have aren't reflected in their daily life. Because knowledge goes to your head. Uh, number two, number two, there's understanding. After you have acquired the knowledge, you have accumulated the facts and information, you've got to have understanding. Understanding is insight into information and the facts that I've acquired. So the information you have has to be followed by understanding, which means, what does this mean? I know what it says, but what does this mean? A lot of people, thank you, baby. Just throw that to me, if you don't mind. Oh, thank you, baby. All right. A lot of people have information, but the information you have ain't working for you because you don't have the proper insight. Hmm? So knowledge requires understanding. Here's a third tier, though. Understanding, knowledge and understanding require wisdom because wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. You have the facts, you understand the facts, and now you can appropriately apply what you know. Notice what Einstein said. He said, any fool can know. <laughs> The point is to understand. It's not what you know that changes, it's what you understand and apply. That changes your life. It says wisdom is the appropriate application of the facts and information acquired. Here it is, I'm giving you a whole lot of philosophers this morning. Confucius said it this way. By three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, which is easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. In 2023, God is giving us three opportunities to learn wisdom. Number one, reflect on the wisdom of God. Study the word of God and receive wisdom from God's word directly from the source, which is the noblest. He said the second way you can get wisdom in 20, 2023 to win in life is by imitation, which is the easiest. Learn from people 
who've done it successfully before you. Who's your mentor? I, I, listen, I know you want, I know you want to you know, win in life. You want to be an entrepreneur. You want to be an influencer. You want to do all these things. But whose life are you imitating and learning from? Because really, that's the easiest way. And then the third and final way you get wisdom is by experience, which sometimes is the most bitter way to learn because some of those lessons are painful. So, so, so what if God wants to spare us some of the pain and he says to us on the first day of 2023, pursue my wisdom by reflection and pursue my wisdom by imitating others who have made wise choices. All right, this is my final close. I appreciate that. that you just gave me another 25 minutes. All the kids over there like, oh, why do you do that? No, 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 I'm not gonna be that long. I'm gonna go fast and furious on this one for sure. I know for some of us this morning when we talk about the wisdom of God, it's, it's, this, um, uh, it's, it's sort of this abstract concept, wisdom of God, wisdom of God. Okay, but let me help you unpack it. It's these seven things that James talks about in James chapter 3 that will keep your experiences from being bitter. Are you all with me? It will keep your experiences from being bitter and it will help you make finer distinctions between what's just good and what's best. So in James chapter three, let me help you see what the wisdom of God looks like. Okay? Don't play just yet, Louise. Hang, hang tight, hang tight, just don't play yet. But you're in the right spot though. That is wisdom. Y'all ready for this? So in James chapter three, I'm talking about how to, how to establish the foundation. The basic things that will help you win, I'm telling you, win in 2023 and beyond. So Proverbs chapter, I mean James chapter three, beginning at verse 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Listen to me. You know that somebody's wise by the outcomes of their life. The evidence of wisdom will be seen in the fruit of a person's life. And this is what he said. He says, one of the characteristics of wisdom is meekness. Meekness. I ain't going to talk too much about that. I got to keep moving. You need to know? All right. Okay, I'll, I'll tap into that here real quick. I, I, I will, I will. As I move along though. But notice what he says, verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. He's making this contrast between the person who is wise and the person who is unwise. He says the wise person demonstrates their wisdom by their good conduct and their meekness. 
This, but verse 14, he says, if you harbor bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, he said, don't boast about it. Don't lie against the truth. You know what he's saying? He's saying that you and I usually know when we're harboring envy. He's saying we know when we're self-seeking. So instead of pretending like you don't know what motivates you in life, confront what really is motivating you in life. Because if you don't confront what is motivating you in life, envy and selfish ambition, you are lying against the truth and you will continue to make decisions that are motivated and informed by your envy and your selfish ambition. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I'm talking about when you make decisions because you think that somebody else is ahead of you. So now, your whole life is about not only catching up with them, but one-upping them. Not realizing you're making bad financial decisions to keep up with the Joneses. And the first thing he says is, the wise thing to do is not to lie against the truth. The wise thing to do is to look at the man in the mirror this year and say, my life is motivated by selfishness and envy. Not the meekness that comes with wisdom. No, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere this. This is the part of the sermon where you want to put on your corn and bunion protectors. <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves, we can retrace our steps and we can identify the decisions we made in our lives that were motivated by selfishness and selfish ambition and what he said, what he calls bitter envy when you despise what someone else has and you got to have it too. Okay, I'm getting there. Notice what he said in verse 15. He said, this wisdom, and he calls it wisdom, the kind of decisions and choices that you make that will get you what you want. Because there are certain things that we can do and certain strategies that we can employ that will get us what we want. We can manipulate our way through life. But he says, that kind of wisdom, notice what he calls it. He said, it doesn't come from God. It doesn't descend from above. It is earthly. It is sensual. It is what? Demonic. Are you understand what I'm saying? He called it wisdom. It's the kind of the tricks and the trickery we use to accommodate our bitter envy and our selfishness that gets us what we want. But it says it's not from God. Listen, check yourself this year so that the decisions that you're making are not motivated by your envy or your selfish ambition. Notice the scripture doesn't say you shouldn't have ambition. But when your ambition is selfish, when it's all about you and the things you're willing to do to get what you want. 
He says, if that's what's informing your decisions, you are making unwise decisions. That, those decisions you're about to make right now, just put the brakes on it. If you say, you know what, I'm doing this because so-and-so got a, just bought a bigger house, bought a bigger car, got a new job. Stop right now. It is a bad decision. I'm helping you. The scripture is helping you. So, 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 uh, he says, there's wisdom to not descend from above. For where envy and self-seeking exist, here it is, confusion and every evil thing are there. Every evil thing. Manipulation are going to be there. Backstabbing is going to be there. Lies are going to be there. Every evil thing exists where there's envy and selfish ambition. So if you're making decisions this year and it's based upon you being better than, let me just help you. It's a bad decision. So here it is, verse 17. You ready for this? But the wisdom that is from above. Notice, Proverbs 4, 7 said, make wisdom the principal thing. James tells us the kind of wisdom to avoid. There's the kind of wisdom that will get you what you want, but it's not from above because it's self-seeking, it's full of bitter envy, and everywhere you make those decisions, there's going to be confusion and there's going to be every evil thing. And then he says, but this is the wisdom that comes from above. Here it is. Y'all ready for these seven things? I'm just going to read through them real quick. Maybe next week I'll spend some more time in it. But here it is. He says, the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure. Listen, if you are making decisions or about to make a decision and your motives for making that decision are not pure, bad decision you know what God is challenging us to ask ourselves today what is my why why am I doing it no like to honestly look at ourselves and say why because if my motivation for doing whatever it is is not pure it is an unwise decision number two he says the wisdom of God is peaceable. <laughs> Listen, are your decisions and actions, your words and choices, keeping the peace or stirring up foolishness and mayhem? Whenever there's confusion and foolishness, why are you always in the middle of it? You always in the eye of the storm. You know why? You're not operating in the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God is peaceable. That's why Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 says, listen to me, Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. I'll say that again. If it is possible, there it is. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. You know what he's saying? He says the wisdom of God is going to produce peace. When your actions and your choices are peaceable, 
And but notice what it said. If it is possible, you know what I mean? It ain't always possible. But he qualifies that as much as it depends on you. What Paul was saying is if the relationship doesn't work, it shouldn't be because of you. Sometimes it's not possible because of them. But if it's not possible, make sure it's not because of you. As much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. How do I know I'm making a wise choice? It's going to produce peace. Number one is pure, and number two, it's peaceable. Y'all ready? Number three, the wisdom of God is gentle. Sheesh. What does that have to do with, with, with how I move in life? Well, I just speak my mind, pastor. I just tell it like it is. Yet the scripture says a soft answer turns away wrath. Sometimes people don't want to fool with you because of how you handle conflict. And your relationships suffer and so you're not using the wisdom of God in how you navigate conflict. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Number four, I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. number four, Yeesh. willing to yield. All of this is coming straight from verse 17. The problem with many of us is our unwillingness to yield. Got to be our way. It has to be our way or the high way. And you know what we do? We end up ostracizing people, writing people off because we're unwilling to yield. We're unwilling to let it go. Trey, let me borrow your belt for a second. Come up here with me. Come up here with me. Do you have on a belt? Yeah. <laughs> Had to think about it. Yeah, yeah, just hold one end of the I'll No, no, stay with me, stay with me. Hold, hold it, hold this end of Come center stage. I ain't gonna hurt you, I promise. <laughs> yeah, this is how most of us make decisions in life, right? We're unwilling to yield, so life becomes a tug of war. You pull, you pull. He's unwilling to yield. I'm unwilling to yield. We see it in marriage all the time. We see it on the job. Our unwillingness to yield. And we think, uh, no, I ain't going to give him that. No, 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 no. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to do it my way. And what we end up doing, you keep pulling. You see how far apart? The harder I pull, the harder he pulls, the further apart we are. What if one person is willing to yield? Do you see how close we got? Just because... I was willing to yield and he was willing to yield. We do it all the time in marriage. We do it all the time in our decisions. And we don't realize that the more unwilling you are to yield, the farther you are from the goal and the dream that God has for you. Because you insist on having your way. Be willing to yield. The wisdom of God is willing to yield. 
Thank you, Trey. Show your love. What was that, number four? Number five, number five, if you're going to make wise decisions this year, heesh. Uh, notice what it said, be full of mercy. You forgiving them doesn't make what they did okay. Listen, one of the wisest decisions you will make this year is to show mercy. The wisdom of God is merciful. Number six. <laughs> Let me tell you the sixth reason you, some people make bad choices is their partiality. If you're the kind of person who has double standards, you treat one person this way and treat the other person this way, that's why the scripture says the Lord hates dishonest weights and scales. And what that pointed to was in the marketplace in Jerusalem, when people saw a wealthy person coming, they would tip the scale so that the wealthy person would pay more. And when a poor person would come in, they would change the scale so that the poor person would pay less. And the Lord says, I despise dishonest weights and scales. Your double standard in how you treat people and you don't realize that when you do that, you're making bad decisions. What if my wife and I hadn't been kind to Ken? In that chapter of his life when he couldn't afford tires. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Make better decisions in 2023 where you don't treat people based on what they can do for you or can't do for you. Most of us make unwise decisions with the people in our lives because our decisions are driven by partiality. Earlier in James chapter 2, he says, what are you going to do if a rich person comes to your church? You're going to put them on the front row? But what if a poor person comes? Where are you going to put them? At Converge, we're going to put them right on the front row? You don't realize. You don't realize. That when Ken tells the story, he was endeared to me years ago simply because no other pastor on the staff of the church where I served at the time would go to lunch with him. Listen to me. In 2023, your breakthrough could be on the other side of the lunch you're willing to take. Especially with people who might be an inconvenience in this chapter of their life. Because it's just one chapter. It's not the entire story. And our partiality causes us to make bad decisions and we miss the opportunity, not just to help people, but those same people could be in a position to help you and you had no idea. Number seven, and this is where we close. Uh, to make it official, Luis, you can start playing now because they know I'm about to wrap it up. Here it is. The seventh thing that... James says it's going to help us make wise decisions in 23. Is make your decisions without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy. He says the wisdom of God doesn't use hypocrisy to get what it wants. The word hypocrisy in the Greek means to wear the mask. In fact, when Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, he was rebuking them for being actors because back in Jesus' day and even into medieval times, women 
weren't allowed to perform in the arts publicly. So men would play the parts of women. Come on, my dear. <laughs> Where did I get that from? <laughs> so actors would wear the mask. So a man would wear a mask of a woman and they would be called a hypocrite because they were acting, because they were wearing a mask. Listen to me. This year, make sure you take off your mask because if you have always gotten your way by wearing a mask, you have made unwise decisions. And what we do when we wear the mask is we cause people to be attracted to someone we're not. Listen to me. They'll fall in love with someone you pretended to be. They will hire somebody that you're not. And when the real you shows up, well, I didn't sign up for all that. Uh, no, go back and put your mask on. Because that's the version of you I know. That's the version of you I fell in love with. And listen to me, you will attract people who are attracted to something and someone you're not. Are y'all with me? And those decisions that are based in anything other than what is pure, anything other than what is peaceable, anything other than what is gentle, anything other than what's willing to yield, anything other than what's full of mercy, anything other than what is without partiality or hypocrisy is a bad decision. So this is where we close. Final words. Socrates said it this way. The unexamined life is not worth living. What am I saying? This year, we're going to go back to the basics. And as we go back to the basics, God is causing us to examine our lives. To say, Lord, I don't want to build my house. I don't want to build my life on anything other than your wisdom. And Lord, I acknowledge this morning that your wisdom is available and accessible. So over the next 21 days as we fast and pray, I'm going to ask for wisdom. And you're going to give me your wisdom so I can make better decisions. So, I can, so that I can experience the fullness of your promise and purpose in my life. And Lord, I will align myself with wise men, wise women who will help me grow and become all that you have called and created me to be. So Father, as we close out today's worship experience, God, would you do that in our hearts? This is not a rebuke. God, this is your love saying to us there is more, more than you could ask or imagine, more than what has entered your heart, more than, than what you've seen or heard. But I need you to go back to the basics. Get the foundation right. And wisdom is the principal thing. Father, do that in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Fantastic. Listen, we invite you to join us right here for Converge Live. Um, uh, our uh, uh, Next week, next Sunday. Um, I'm sorry, I just had a thought. Uh, as you pray. Over the next 21 days, my mic is coming off. Do you have a handheld? Somebody slipped down my shoulder. Right. 
Over the next 21 days as you pray, remember to keep Dexter and Andrea Jackson in your prayers. You guys know that in October, uh, uh, Andrea had uh, a stroke and uh, thankfully, thankfully, there's no evidence um, of her having a stroke except that, I mean, the, the doctor saw that she had a stroke. She was exhibiting some symptoms, went to the ER, and the doctor said she had a stroke. Everything since then has just pointed to this fact of really a divine intervention. On September, on December 25th, on Christmas Day, uh, her husband Dexter was shaving and uh, just started having these symptoms, uh, uncontrollable headache. Uh, he thought it was a migraine. They ended up not going to the Christmas party, the family Christmas party that they were going to. And next morning, they rush him to uh, the ER. Uh, he had had a brain aneurysm. He was care flighted from the hospital in Prosper to Plano, which is a specialty hospital. And uh, thankfully, again, miraculously, miraculously, uh, the, the, the neurosurgeons and the neurologists, the MRIs, the CAT scans came back and they said it was a tear in the vein, not an artery. Uh, but he's in so much pain, even with the pain meds, that his blood pressure continues to spike. And um, when his blood pressure spikes, it just makes everything more painful. So they have to manage that where he's no longer in pain, where his blood pressure isn't spiking so he can go home. The doctors have said that he'll probably be there for a couple weeks, is that right? Till the end of this week. So he's been in the hospital since Christmas Day. And he'll be there through the end of this week. I don't know why the enemy attacked his wife and him in similar ways. But we have this promise from God that no weapon formed against us will prosper. So keep Dexter and Andrea in your prayers. And Dexter and Andrea, if you're watching, uh, we're praying for you. Father, would you visit them now with your presence and your power? You are still Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Would you touch your son now from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet? Make him every whit whole. We trust you to do it now. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for it now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Why don't you stand with us? And uh, Trey, why don't you come? Listen, if you're a first-time guest with us, we want to shake your hand, hug your neck. We want to meet you, love on you. We do have a gift for you. And uh, we just want to say thank you for being with us this morning. It went a little bit longer than I anticipated but I trust that your time in the presence of the Lord was encouraging and that we set the tone for what 2023 is going to do in your life. Trey, why don't you come? Hey, well, raise your hands. I'm gonna bless you out. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May in 2023, God show you his favor and give you peace. Happy New Year.
if you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.